afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Grow with Greg. It is a Friday afternoon here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am overwhelmed and just tickled to death to have this very special guest that's on our episode of Grow with Greg. Um, today we have Dr. Rosie Kuhn that's joining us today, and she's going to share a lot about her life, her story, and a lot of information about what she does and how she impacts the lives of other people. Uh, but before I introduce Rosie, let me just give you some background information on her. Um, Dr. Rosie Kuhn is the principal of the Paradigm Shift Coaching Group, which is a boutique coaching firm which focuses on people and spiritual development in oneself, in relationships and in the workplace. She is considered a preeminent thought leader in the field of transformation. So folks, before we jump in, I'll introduce, before I introduce Rosie, um, remember, please um, subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast platforms you listen to. If this is information that you find helpful, certainly share it with your friends, family, or anyone that might benefit from it. All right. So got all that stuff out of the way. So without further ado, Welcome, Rosie. I'm so happy to have you today. How are you? Thanks, Greg. I'm good. It's Friday. Yay. Yes. And spring is, is here in Washington. So it's a and lot of Washington, beautiful things. Oh, yeah. Washington State, right? Washington State. I'm about this far from the Canadian border. I live on an island up here and uh, it's just breathtaking. So I'm, I'm happy. Everything is vibrant and flourishing. It's just great. So. Oh, that is awesome. That yeah, yeah. is awesome. Well, I'm, I'm so happy that you have uh, taken some time to, to join us today. Let's let's dive into it, Rosie. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, just an overview, who you are, what you do, and then I'll, I'll go into some more specific questions, but I want people to hear okay. it from you. So um, I consider myself to be a normal person. I grew up in a family of nine, a Catholic family in uh, outside Detroit. Um, had alcoholic family, had alcoholic parents. It's just a normal <laughs> sense. Normal. I was sixth of nine kids. So my whole life was, and I'm, I'm 71. So I was born in, in the fifties, in the early fifties. So my whole life was meant, meant to be, um, growing up, getting married, having kids. And that was going to be it. Uh, and that's not what happened, uh, in a lot of ways. And you might ask questions about that. Uh, and so here I am many years later, um, having gone from the, that paradigm, if you will, of this is how you live life. And this is, you have to fit into the box. And in a sense, you train yourself to want to live in the box. And over a lifetime, um, evolving myself to that point where I am my own person and I'm um, delighted in my own experiences and um, that need for external validation is minimizing. And most of my joy and happiness and flourishing comes from the, the expression of, oh my God, that's so fun from the inside out. Not like what should be fun, what I think other people want are, that are fun, but what's truly mine. And so more and more and more and more and more and more and more, I'm learning who I am on the inside and having so much more fun than ever before. That's oh, the bottom. That is... Oh, 
if you want to know my profession, I'm a, I'm a, a transformational coach. I train people to be a transformational coach. Um, I have a degree in psychology, a PhD in transpersonal psychology, studied spiritual guidance because when I was working in recovery, there was no, in, in the therapeutic model, there was no place for spirituality. And that was significant mm. to my own personal development and to the people I was working with who were in 12-step programs. I go, how come it's working for them? And how come it's not working for me? So uh, realized the spirituality, the piece that, that was missing in my life and it's missing in a lot of people's lives so that's why it's a really big part of my work as a as a transformational coach so so let's let's kind of uh, that's a lot to unpack now let's let's kind of <laughs> let's go back just a little bit rosie how how did you get to the space of transformational coaching you know and you you touched on needing or desiring a certain part of spirituality in your life where where did that crossword i mean i'm sorry where did that crossword crossroad yes. where did that crossword happen in your life oh i love that question um you know along the way we have those synchronicity moments you know or we have some elements of these things that peek through and you go wow how did that happen and so a few of those few of those few of those over my childhood and um into my um adult life um, when I was 26 or 27, I was married and I had two children and it was the relationship with my husband was not good. It just wasn't, it, I wasn't thriving in it. And um, so it was time to leave. I worked with a therapist and that therapist, it was like, I realized that's the work I want to do is help people. And I was in a lot of dysfunction myself and just challenges, hum human challenges. And so that was the beginning of this path of supporting and, and empowering other people. But anyone who knows as, um, as someone in service is you've got to do your own personal work in order to be more and more effective and helpful with other people. So, um, so I took the path of, of uh, becoming a uh, marriage and family therapist and ended up synchronistically in a, in a program that was um, beyond your normal trans, uh, uh, therapeutic model. It was bigger in a, what it would be called a spiritual um, transpersonal in a sense. It's a whole person model. So that was like a magic because I had no idea it even existed. But mm -hmm. in my 40s, I, um, I had uh, been on a sailboat. I, I left my work in recovery in Nova Scotia, went on a sailboat that's uh, close to 100 feet long, beautiful oh, wow. wooden sailboat across the Atlantic. And, and I was sure, Greg, I was going to die on that trip. I had, you know, sort of a How sense so? of, a, well, I had a sense from a past lifey kind of thingy that I had probably died, but I was terrified of being out there, out there, uh, out, 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 outside of land. Uh, so I was always waiting for this big wave to come and crash and all those kinds of things. Uh, I'm just kind of leaping to that moment where I, in the middle of the, or there was a night that I went to sleep and I was like hanging on and gripping and the boat's just doing no big deal. Like it's just normal crossing the Atlantic weather. Like we're not talking storms, anything like that, just normal crossing the Atlantic. I'm holding on and gripping with white knuckles to my bed and I'm waiting for that wave. And I had this moment where it was like, I realized that this boat, I'm closing my eyes because 
the the rapture in a sense of that moment of realizing this boat was created to sail the oceans of the world i mean this is what she was made for mm-hmm. and and so i experienced myself in the belly of this boat in her bliss and she's in the belly of the ocean which is in the belly of the earth which is in the belly of the universe and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger so this cosmic if you will or transformational experience was one of wow this is wonderful and this is this is the truth of the moment and it says this is a transformational experience so when i kind of got back to there's no reason for me to be afraid because she was made for this she is she is in her element then i could let go of my grip and just relax and, and enjoy i just really rest again and so for the rest of the trip i wasn't like in that transformational blissy place but i was in a much more logical rational state of i'm safe and that was the moment mm. so that led to that sailing adventure led to me going on a uh, going out to california from from nova scotia after the sailing trip and um doing this phd in transpersonal psychology and i uh i um taught sailing on the san francisco bay and things were happening for people there was this quality of being that was they were experiencing and i was experiencing and so i decided to do my phd my dissertation on sailing as a transformational experience and so i got to know a lot about transformation what it is and what it isn't and the actual experience of it and being able to do um, a quality um, questionnaire where people got to experience and and share their experiences of transformation and it was wonderful so that inadvertently led to me being a transformational coach just it all kind of i didn't plan it wow basically this the sense of life calling you to your to your what's yours to do it's like I didn't know I was going to have a transformational experience. I didn't know I was going to write a dissertation on that. I didn't know I was going to be uh, becoming a transformation or a transformational coach and training people and all the rest of it that came from that. I didn't know. And I still don't know. I don't know where this is all going. It's just kind of fun to be on the ride most of the time. Oh, my goodness. That That is awesome to hear. It's amazing to hear because as I'm listening to you, Rosie, I'm, you talk about the struggle and gripping to that ship, you know, in your bed. And how does that relate to people that you, you coach and mentor, how they grip through different things in life and how you can coach them through those because you personally experience? Is there a correlation there? Absolutely. Because most of us are in the grips, if you will, the gripping of our fear-based reality, the one that says, this is how you do it. And if you're not doing it that way, there's something wrong with you or your perspective or your intelligence or something wrong with you or your something like that. And so all of us are gripping to this, what we call, what I call the consensus view of reality, the reality that we hear on the, on the news or through whatever it is we're, we're paying attention to. Instead, of, and I, I personally, I mean, I, I don't, I can't take anybody, even this conversation with you, if I haven't done my work and really looking at this for myself, I can't help other people get there either. But that question of where am I holding, where am I gripping still to some 
element of life that that by that gripping i'm constraining my potentiality Mm. i'm constraining my freedom to thrive i'm constraining my freedom to create and so wherever in a sense when our muscles are contracted we can't can't grow ourselves so all of us you know every single person i work with even people who are millionaires or ceos or whoever it is they're gripping somewhere that keeps them from being in their what i call the fulfillment of their true human spirit that true essential Mm -hmm. expression of 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 themselves so that's it's been a really important part of that to see where are you where are you gripping and what is that about for you and it's not like stop gripping it's really about what is that holding on for why are what what what, mm-hmm. what what do you get out of that holding on and we go well i think it keeps me safe or i think it's the way to do it and it's like but are you moving forward in your life while you're doing this and, and those kinds of questions which are what coaches do we just ask mm-hmm. questions as a thinking partner i'm i'm a thinking partner for people going how are you thinking about this not right wrong good or bad but i'm curious of the process and how people have come to mm-hmm. To, to think the way that they think and go, how, what's, how is that working for you? Mm-hmm. I have a wonderful, wonderful client. She's like busy all the time and, uh, and her office is a mess. And I go, she goes, well, I'm busy. <laughs> it's like busy doing what? And she goes, uh, and she was like, because she's busy. But to really say this is, I'm getting a lot done or I have a sense of accomplishment or fulfillment. It's not there. What's, the busyness is the gripping. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you really, you have a way, I, I, I would imagine, helping people under, recognize that they're gripping and then figuring out a way to release that grip. Is that what I'm hearing? We all want to thrive. There's, if, if I asked a million people, how many of you don't want to thrive? Nobody would raise their hand. We all want to thrive. And yet we're doing stuff that that is in a sense i I always see it as uh uh, we have two commitments we have a a commitment to thrive and to make the world a better place at the same time we're we have this conflicting commitment to stay safe and um stay secure and to not in a sense rock the boat like just like not make we don't like discomfort in the 12-step program uh bill w who is the founder of of AA said, our addiction is to restless, irritable discontent. The source of our addiction comes from restless, irritable discontent. So um, I start to feel irritable and I clench. I start to feel irritable, I go get something to eat. I start to feel irritable, I might check my FaceTime or Facebook or those things that we do because we don't want to feel the irritable restlessness or discontent or whatever that is. And so that's what we're, we're, we have an addiction to that clenching, that go eat, go do something. So to calm that sense, but, but what we also want is I want to grow and thrive and participate in the world in a great, in a, in a good way. So that mm-hmm. conflicting commitment is like, that's what matters. It's not like there's a problem. It's less like, I want this and I want this. I want this and I don't want to let go of this. Or I want this, but I don't want the problems of this, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. So those are conflicting commitments. So my job is just to say, hey, there's nothing wrong here. There's no problem. It's just 
you have an a, you have a desire and a want in your life and uh, to fulfill this and at the same time you have a desire to stay safe and in your comfort zone and in your old patterns that maybe maybe they're working in some ways most of our patterns work for us to a degree mm-hmm. and they don't work mm-hmm. further it's like if i want to look at my what what let me think of a, a bookkeeping or accounting or something like that if i go on excel there's so many different numbers and things and symbols that i could use but it's too uncomfortable so i stay with my plus and minus you know and maybe a subtraction or maybe a multiplication that's mm-hmm. my comfort zone right it's like but, I, but i've got all these capabilities and i go yeah no it's too uncomfortable right that's what we do so uh, my job is to be a thinking partner and just to help people go hey mm-hmm. isn't this isn't this interesting isn't this curious you want this and yet so you're doing this so so what does this transformation what does it typically look like for your clients i know you have different clients and different uh, matters that they're dealing with but what is how do you engage it what does it typically look like for that transformation well transformation let me just make it this talk about it this way transformation is a process um, the moment that i had on the boat took 40 some years to get to my my life my issues my struggles my challenges my awarenesses my insights brought me to that moment where it was like oh there it is wow okay now that was a moment we'll call it a transcendent moment because it happened but it did not i did not change my whole reality based on that experience that would have been great we call that enlightenment if you will but that moment awakened me in ways that I could become more conscious to different choices and what worked and what didn't work or what could work. Where do I limit myself? So that moment, so that my, my job as a coach is to say, Hey, what do you want? And that's my first question. What do you want? And people say, Hey, I want, in a sense, I want to the fulfillment of my human spirit. That's what we basically want. They might think that comes in the form of money or relationship with a special person or whatever, but they want that fulfillment. And then I ask, well, what's in the way? And they go, well, I think I'm unworthy or I think I'm undeserving or I'm not smart enough or nobody, I'm I'm not attractive enough or I'm too old, I'm too young, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm constantly asking those questions so that they can go, wow, I have this idea about myself and that's not in alignment with what I want. Like my, my, my truth is, Greg, everyone of us human beings are incredibly intelligent. We know what we're doing in a sense. If I ask the right question, people will say, I am holding on because I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, okay, why don't you let go? Because that fear is, is in every single cell of our being. That fear came in from past life traumas, perhaps. That fear came in from ancestral patternings and struggles and challenges. So that fear isn't like, oh, let's just disappear it, which would what we think of as transformation. Hang on a second. Oh. I meant to have this a little closer. My magic wand. Okay. Your magic wand. Okay. My magic wand. Most people go, oh, we'll just wave the wand and you will be transformed and you'll have a happy life. Mm-hmm. We can't do that because, number one, if it's based, uh, if we're based on uh, our old patterning and the patterning in the history and the 
and and you know science shows this that we we carry the the traumas of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. So if we know that, then it's like okay, I can't just detox today. Like Rosie can't just wave her magic wand and all that goes away. But that awareness creates the the awakening to something else mm. and some greater capacities and greater knowing. And we, when I'm talking to a client, I'm always, as best I can, uh, going to the, their knowing, who they, what they know to be true, not that mm-hmm. part of their ego self that says, yeah, but it's scary, or yes, but it's uncomfortable, or yes, I don't know any other way. I listen and I hear that because that's the, that's mm-hmm. the patterning. And at the same time, I'm listening to the knowing that says, this is, this is exciting and fun. The paradigm shift, the paradigm shift is uh, uh, no fear in this. When I wave my magic wand and people light up, it's because they're no longer afraid that they can't have what they want. They've just gone into the magic of being with a fairy godmother and going, she's going to, she's going to help me get what I want. Yeah. Yeah. That and is so interesting. I talk about the, um, uh, I support and empower. My job is to support and empower people to support and empower themselves. So the person has to do the work. They have to train themselves. I've had to train myself every single way, moment of the way to go, okay, I know myself to be 100% potentiality. I've heard it before and I heard it and I go, not me. And it's like, wait, we're all 100% potentiality. So if that's true, I have to logically go, I want to know what that's like to be in my 100% potentiality. If that's true, then what happens when I get afraid or the trauma responses from my past, you know, clench me? What? Do, how do I be with all of that? And my job as this kind of coach is to not trend, like say, okay, let's go over that hard stuff. But as a coach, if we think of a life coach, we go life coach. But if we go a life coach, it's really about supporting and empowering people to be themselves in the process of moving t- through whatever circumstances they're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, is I'm, I feel privileged to witness people and go, yeah, this is the moment. This is the moment. And they go, no, I don't want this moment. I want that moment where I've got the, you know, the angel singing. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's in this moment where you will and hear the angel singing. Yeah. I can say wow. Hey but you know what I'm saying. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? It does. So much so that I want to ask you this. What has been a very memorable moment of you, one of your clients when they see that transformational period? What what, what has that experience been like for you? A, a memorable one where your client gets it and they it's their aha moment per se. Um, it's always a moment of union in a sense, because I know those moments that are what I call excruciatingly exquisite. I know that in these moments that people are trying to avoid and ignore what I say, ignore, avoid, distract, and deny. We're like, I don't want to do that. But when we can go into that moment that feels exquisitely excruciating, there's this moment of union with self that that blows up the fear in a sense and they get it they get it and and that's i mean that's all i can use that word i have a client that um is um is obese and she's 
like 43 and she wants to lose weight and she wants to do this and this. And, and so a lot of my work comes from my, my, um, practice in addiction because all of this is addiction when we're, when we're constraining and contrict, this is addiction. And so everything is uh, any patterning we carry and do habitually is a form of addiction. So when I was speaking with this uh, person, I'll call her Lucy. It's not her name. It's not just changing all of, sure. all of those things. And I said, you know, you're, you're lying. You're lying about that. Or you're lying. He was, she was talking about uh, uh, some conversation with her, her spouse and, and she was being dishonest. And I said, you're, you're being dishonest with that person. And, and, and she kind of like, nobody's ever told her that before. Mm -hmm. And we let, we let people lie to us all the time. And we let ourselves lie to other people. Like we're, I, I'm saying that in a sense that the level of truth that we're willing to speak or the, the, the strategies that we use in our life to get through, so much of it is not authentic. That's so, so, true. so when I said this to Lucy, you're, you're lying she kind of had this moment, this epiphany where she, she owned it. And, and, and I could, could feel it through my whole body. It's like, it's like being washed over when my clients get the truth of their truth. And when they, wow. can, when they own it like that, when, when Lucy said, I'm lying, it's like, it's just a beautiful expansion of her did she stop lying? Probably not. But the awareness of her practice of lying began to shift. Interesting. So you, the fulfillment that your commitment to people and the fulfillment that you get from helping, I'm, I'm sure that does something for you. Absolutely. And yeah. how, what are the things that continue to motivate you? What are you seeing from people that the consistent thing that you're seeing from people that we all struggle with? Um, most of us, uh, one of my clients a long time ago, she said, I don't know how to do me. And um, in, in our reality of the uncertainty of life, we don't have the same levels of, of certainty and predictable future we had. I, mean, I, I think it's always been the same. We've always heard those stories of things changing and the uncertainty of the world, you know, and, and being on the planet as long as I have, you know, it's kind of consistent. It is like, oh, it's all gonna, whatever. What was my point? <laughs> oh, the uncertainty of things. And people go, I don't know how to do me. I know how to do me over here in this box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know how to do me without that box. And we think that in the, in the, in the alignment of transformation, like this is one of the thing, reasons why we don't just transform because we don't know how to do this person that we, that you'd be transformed into. Don't have a how clue. Do, how, how do we get to become this person that we're not really the person? How did that even start? It's like we form this person way back when, and that's not who we are only to get to a place to realize, okay, I've got to go back and find the real me. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, um, I think the, uh, the book, the four agreements, I forget the guy's name, the fellow who wrote that, but he talks about how we've been domesticated and trained. We've been trained. Most of us have been trained. We have to focus and attend to how to be in alignment with 
what we're told to be by parents or what we see because we don't want to we want to survive we don't want to be abandoned we don't want to be betrayed we don't want to be unloved and most of us at some point come to decide yeah i'm not there's something wrong with me even like i said even the most brilliant significantly powerful people they have a source of this in them and so you know some of it comes from our past lives um uh and Mm -hmm. some of it comes from who knows where and you know there's a lot of talk now in terms of parallel lives and there's this parallel reality going on somewhere and it's influencing who i be and how i be now so part of my work as a transpersonal whole person kind of uh perspective is it, it gives me that perspective of you're more than just your ego you're more than just your identity as um as a woman or as a mm-hmm. whatever it is and so it's very difficult for people to say wait if i'm not my identity i have a a client who her whole world was consumed by being a mom that was her major major identity and her kids are leaving the nest and she's like falling apart but she doesn't even realize she's that she's falling apart because her yeah. identity is falling apart so we don't know how to do us that's that's mm. the, the how do i do me okay. and the me that i am now if i was with you 20 years ago it would be pretty con- much more constrained i'd still be me because i'm me but i try to fit in i try to tried i tr- would try as opposed mm-hmm. to just being and mm-hmm. the, the 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 work that with this transformational work is is really sourcing into your being who are you being okay Okay. I'm being a mom, I'm being nurturing, I'm being, and when we go, okay, what's true about you? It's like, I'm a nurturing person. That's always going to be there. That's always going to be there. And so we're afraid like, oh, if I'm not doing this, my identity, then I won't know how, but we're Mm -hmm. because of the, this is one of the extraordinary, loving, wonderful things about us is you, I'm assuming you're 40 something ish i am yeah (laughs) that you've had these (laughs) (laughs) you've had these experiences 40 some years of experience that are not just in terms of a constrained perspective but the light and and creativity and expansion and moments of vulnerability and moments of authenticity and moments of transparency you've been you and so when we make these transformational what we consider a leap of faith we're just going from okay in this moment can you consider being in a way that's not fear-based and you go oh yeah and i can go hey when have you done that when have you made a choice from something other than fear that's the question Mm. okay and you having created this amazing um company and this amazing product and service that was a leap of faith and it, it didn't it didn't it wasn't like you just all of, all of a sudden created da-da-da-da. you went through moments of moments and moments so you go hey i like gardening hey i like this hey i'm excited about this hey i love doing this and then it becomes like a it becomes a no-brainer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the, the, the fear perhaps is there but you're not listening to it as much as you would have 20 years ago going, Oh no, can't do that. I got to, I got to keep, you know, I got family and I got the house and I got the, and, and at some point you go, Hey, this makes sense. I know how to do this. Right. 
you know how to do this. And that's what I, what I find in every single human being that I work with and touch is like, you know how to do this. You just don't know that you know how to do this and or you haven't looked at the evidence of it. And that's why I say, hey, where in your life have you already done this moment of what you're about to do, which feels like I don't know how to do it. And they'll go, oh, when I was seven and then when I was 21 and then when I was mm-hmm. 32, I did it. I did mm-hmm. it. I did it. Those are evidences that that is there mm-hmm. for you waiting. I love those moments because people go, wow. And again, it doesn't mean that they just turn it on, boom, and they're doing it. Because again, the cellular memory, the addiction, what addictions is, is just a hormonal flooding of certain hormones that that show up that we're addicted to. It's like a baseline Mm -hmm. that we learned when we were kids. It's like, this is what, and basically what I say, because as a family therapist, it was like, there's a level of of anxiety that shows up in in, in every single family. And how does a family deal with that anxiety and how does an individual within that family deal with their anxiety they create thought patterns and perspectives and orientations and patternings of being so that they can calm that restless irritable discontent that anxiety is that becomes our baseline Mm -hmm. so for me that baseline was like dysfunctional family (laughs) dysfunctional relationships dysfunctional marriage dysfunctional blah, 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 until I got to a point where I could go, that's because of this baseline. I'm addicted to it. The hormonal Mm -hmm. chemistry in Mm -hmm. our system, that's the baseline. And I have to keep eh, amping it, uh, coming up out of that, but then I get pulled back in because it's just so strong. So part of this process for people is to everyone who's in recovery, any substance abuse person who's recovery knows this place of having to amp, um, I'm saying amp up, but elevate their capacity to say no and be present to the restless, irritable discontent of, I don't know how to be in this anxiety because it takes us back to being a kid where we had no consciousness. I mean, that's basically it. We don't have to go back there and go, oh, you know, we don't have to do that work. We just be here now going, what's showing up now? It's like, I don't like this feeling. It's like, totally get it. Wow. Wow. So, so Rosie, you're, you're also an author. Now you've written, if I read this correctly, you've written more than 40 books. Well, no, you didn't read that book. Right. But, uh, I've, I've written about 16 books. Wow. So, and, and all the motivation still comes from what, 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 where does that come from? Um, it's, it's a, a matter of, a calling much like again i'm coming back to you because i i really have a sense that your creation is a calling and um and so i everything i wrote one book called the unholy path of a reluctant adventurer and that's my autobiographical book and 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 as i was writing it and finishing it i saw wow here's all the things i did because i was called to do it And here's all the things I did because I thought I should do it. These things fulfilled me. These things contracted and controlled me. Mm, And so, yeah, I know. I didn't know that till after the, you know, I had finished the book in a sense like, wow, isn't that interesting? And can you, can you explain that one more time? Because that was, that was good. I think people need to understand or hear that again. You said, 
certain things called you and certain things controlled you. Yeah. So we have a calling. You know what that's like because you had a calling. If not, I think we have more and more and more callings all the time. We just can say no. We avoid, distract, and deny uh, our callings generally um, because we're afraid. But the ones that where where I was called, I was called to go to Nova. I was called to do this master's in, in marriage and family therapy. I was called to go out to Nova Scotia and work in recovery. I was called to go out on this boat across the Atlantic Ocean. I was called to go out to California and do a PhD in master's or PhD in transfer. I was called, 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 and I'm still ongoingly called and I'm called in these writings. And so that was one list. And the other list was all the things I did that um, were because you're supposed to get married, have kids, mm -hmm. have the house, have mm -hmm. the dog, all those things. Um, and those things were, it did, they didn't make me happy. They didn't fulfill me. I wanted mm -hmm. fulfillment. I'd worked really hard to get fulfillment from those things. Mm -hmm. Didn't work because I did it for the wrong reasons. There's, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted kids. I have kids, and um, in the in the midst of of being me uh, in divorce and separation, my heart said it's another calling, which is crazy. The, the callings usually seem a little crazy making. I wanted to be a mom more than anything else, and for the sake of my kids, their best interest, I chose to let them stay with their dad. And then I went and got my degrees because I thought, well, I'm going to get myself settled and they'll come and live with me. That was my plan, but that's not what happened. So here I wanted to be a mom, but then I let go of my kids as part of this calling because it was in there. I really truly believed it was in their best interest to stay in the security and safety of that. Now their whole experience is something very different than what, I expected, but I know that from my experience, that was what would be better than pulling them and yanking them out of their home. And as dysfunctional as I was making a more crazy making, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we have to go through what we have to go through. So my sure. point is, is that the callings, even though they may, they challenge reality. What do you mean? I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to be home or I'm with my kids, or I'm supposed to be working at my career. What do you mean you're going to go off and sail across the Atlantic Ocean and live on a sailboat? Like, what do you mean? Those are crazy. What do you mean you're going to go to California? I didn't want to go to California. I didn't want to be there. But all of a sudden mm -hmm. this calling says, hey, here's this program. Here's this school that is just like lit me up. It's like, it's a hell yes. So being mm -hmm. able to see what's a hell yes, it's a, that's a really good way of seeing it. But going, yeah, no, it's too scary or contracting or my mother won't like it or whatever those things are that we say, mm -hmm. that gets in the way. And so my mom thinks I should. And so we do that. That's not a calling. Now, I was going to ask, what would be a practical step our listeners could take to start breaking down some of those barriers or those other voices of what they think they're supposed to be doing that's really hindering them from doing what they're supposed to be doing? What would be some practical steps to help break those things down? It's a that's a great question. Number one is when people go, yes, but I don't know. So I mentioned to uh, uh, I have a I have a I have this thing called Inward Bound Boot Camp to Self Transformation. It's um, I think there's I think I gave that information to you when I when we connected, but I uh, it's on a, a, a website called um, Sweebera, and I think I gave you the link to that. Uh, but that boot camp takes you through 
this what we're exactly what we're talking about we're starting out with what do you want and people say hey this is what i want this would make my heart sing it's like great day number two is what gets in the way are the yes buts what ifs and if onlys so if anytime you hear your, yourself say, I really want, and you feel that sense of upliftingness, mm-hmm. pay attention to that and pay attention to that moment, the moment, because every one of us has this moment in every conversation I've ever had with my clients, they go, here's what I want. Yes, but, and that yes, but is like, oh, I just got in my own way. Now, just for the fun of it allow yourself and this is part of be, uh, being coached in a sense or working with someone like me is i'm giving you that space to know what you want and so many people greg do not want to know what they want or i want what i know i can have why is that because it's safe we've we've trained ourselves uh, we you know the the innocent child who dreams and explores and creates and plays in that mm-hmm. imagination mm-hmm. and um if uh you know 50 years ago saying if i was a, as a woman saying i want to work as a fire a fireman they'd say no you can't it's like oh okay i can't dream of doing that because I, it won't happen or i can't dream of a lot of people who are musicians it's like yeah no you, it, you can't make money doing that that's that's this what people say you can't make money at that and so they go oh oh Oh, oh, oh. And we get so small. It's like, okay, so what, Greg, what can I want? What can I want? Oh, I can want, and, and we can, you know, list, list of that as opposed to saying, what do I want? What's the big fulfillment mm-hmm. of my human spirit? Truly. That's good. Now that's good. That's so, really good. So we're not, and so the point is that we, we don't have to go into the future. We're not creating, we're creating the future right now by saying, here's what I want. And as opposed to saying, here's what I want, but, and, and so just that practice alone to say, here's what I want is, is really, 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 really important because then we begin to pay attention to the person who's inside. We start to address and acknowledge that little child inside that said, no, you can't. And we've been doing that to ourselves all the time. And this is that inner child stuff, but we have been Mm -hmm. abusing and abandoning our own inner child. That's, that's the truth. So the more that we can open up to potential and allow, Oh, here's an intuitive, intuitive hit, or here's Mm -hmm. a calling for me. It was like, Oh, I want to write. Okay. But I'm not a writer. I can't write. I, and I was 56 when I wrote my first book. And I only wrote it, I mean, I wrote it because I wanted to write it. I kept saying I wanted to write. And a friend of mine wrote a book in like three months. And I said, if you did it in three months, I'm going to do mine in four months. Just because I said it and committed to it. Mm -hmm. Did that mean I was going to be published? Did that mean I was going to make a million dollars? Did it mean it didn't mean anything? It meant I made a commitment and I worked through to fulfill that commitment. The book was written in four months. It took a year to get it to a point where I self-published, but I did it because I said so. And I said, I, when I got it, when I got it published, it was like one person, if one person buys it, I'm fulfilled. That, that kind of thing. It's not like, okay, we're going to grow into this magic universe. We want, we know what we want the fulfillment of, mm-hmm. but 
but, and we say, yeah, but I can't. So I wrote my book when I was 56. It's like, I, I was a, a poor student. I had a C minus average in high school. I had to take remedial English in college. I was not, I'm not smart that way, you know, but I trained myself because I, I, I had this like, here's a download, <laughs> literally here's a, here, this is getting written now. And so I said, let's start writing. And well, so you, you said something very important. You trained yourself, you know, that, that took strength, that took, took away the, the butts It took away right. that, that comma after, you know, you, you erase that. That's right. I, I'm still doing it because I still have that, whatever it is that shows up that says, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. And I go, mm -hmm. talk to the hand right now because I'm making something up when we say yes but I can't you just made that up because you have no idea right yeah I've never right. been able to yep that was before but in this moment all bets are off yeah but yeah. it's like stop so once you get into that practice does it become a strength to where now you're you're hearing the butt come before it comes and then you don't allow, I mean, you get stronger, but it takes those steps to get there. Is that right? It takes the steps. That's right. And that's that uh, boot camp for self-transformation are these steps to take. And I, I use the caterpillar as the, you know, the person that's, huh, what do I want? Where am I going? What's true? And the obstacles and, oh my God, and life is hard and it sucks and I'm a victim and this is what happens to people like me and all that kind of stuff. But then you get to a point where you're finding yourself going into a chrysalis or a metamorphosis where something is happening to you and it's uncomfortable, but you're going with it. And sometimes, you know, diseases or losses or changes in our lives, accidents, those are the moments that we, this chrysalis occurs. And within that, we go into these states of being that is beyond our ego self and we have no control. And mm -hmm. uh, I think cancer is cancer and other health issues are major places for us to do some of this personal healing and growing. Mm -hmm. And in this metamorphosis, it's challenging. Uh, it, from a spiritual perspective, we call it a dark night of the soul. I did a podcast called Spiritual Immersion, Taking the Plunge, so that people can be more aware of what's this process of who am I as a spiritual being, but I'm in this human thing that I can't make any sense of. So, but, but that's what happens. And then we, we come begin to move out of that chrysalis metamorphosis stage and we start to experience ourselves differently. And again, it's, we're experiencing ourselves. The experiencing of ourselves mm -hmm. directly is what this is about. And people I go, like yeah, that. well, just tell me what to do. Just tell me how to get over. Tell me not, I don't want to do that chrysalis thing. And it's like, yeah, okay, but this is, this is, as far as I know, as my research and my experiences, this is, this is the way, this is the only mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And you, you can't, and, and we're all here to grow and, and learn. That's what we're here to do. Mm -hmm. I believe that 100%. And you, you stated that very adequately, but it's, 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 it's true. And there's no, I believe there's no way to really experience unless you go through this sort of I, I, I reference it to the germination of a, of, of a seed you know Beautiful. I, that's you know it goes into the darkness but in that darkness it's wet it's damp it's cold or whatever 
uncomfortable, but look what is happening in that area until you're ready to sprout. That's it right. It has to go through that transformation. That's right. And we don't want the discomfort because we're taught that discomfort is a sickness or a disease or a mental illness or an emotional illness. And so we go, oh, there's something wrong with me. And I still have that trigger. If I get a pain or something, I go, ooh, there's something wrong with me. It's like, yeah, no, stop. Because most yeah. of our symptoms physically, our physical symptoms are a, a real, uh, you know, an expression of the dis-ease that's clearing itself and growing, allowing us to grow. And uh, we see disease in mostly as we need fixing because we're sick mm -hmm. and as yeah. opposed to, yeah, no, you're getting well, you're getting yeah. well. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. What role do you believe nutrition plays in life changes and, and happiness? I love that question. I think that it's, you know, it's like this, again, this baseline thing. I was growing up, growing, I grew up in the middle Midwest in the, um, you know, meat and potatoes, canned vegetables, like not much, but that was my reality. That was my baseline. So even though I wanted to eat, eat, eat better, my comfort zone, my comfort zone said, this is what you eat. And as I got, you know, if, in my restless, irritable, discontent stuff, I would eat meat and potatoes in a sense. But as I got more comfortable with who I was, I was able to add a little bit more good stuff because our, our, the density of the vibration of most of what we consume is pretty dense. But as we heal ourselves, we elevate vibrationally. We know this scientifically. So this is not like just woo woo conversation. We elevate vibrationally so that what we have to bring into our system is vibrationally matching us. So healthier foods, healthier foods, healthier foods. And, um, and so I, it's, I'm always encouraging people to, to eat healthier foods. And I understand again, this baseline hormonal comfort zone thing that we're, we're, we're always struggling that homeostasis, if you will, and, and up leveling ourselves little by little by little. So I, nutrition, nutrition in terms of, uh, food, nutrition in terms of healthier relationship with the people that we're around, healthier mm -hmm. uh, environment, nutrition. I mean, that's, that's all nutritional. It's all nurturing nourishment is how we, uh, what are the environments that we in are in so that we can grow and, and expand our environment, this environment. Now, how, for you personally, how does, how, how does food impact your life? now especially with the experience of growing your own food i i, I still am challenged because i want to eat like everybody else <laughs> i want to eat my meat and potatoes i want to eat candy and desserts and all those things and i can't i mean vibrationally it's not a match anymore uh, the part of me that the part of me that goes yeah i know it would taste really good but when i eat it it doesn't match who i am it would be like uh -huh. me wearing putting on some clothes that were like just didn't fit anymore. So, mm -hmm. um, so knowing that, and we're always at this choice point to go, yes, but I really want it. That's the old, you know, conflicting commitment. I want to uh, thrive and I want to feel the, the vitality of my body when I eat sugar cookies, things, mm -hmm. 
it depletes my energy and I kind of go down. It's like, I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel that. Yeah. I want to feel this, yeah. but I don't want to give this up. Right. So this is again, that dilemma and those choice points. And then my, what I say is if you're going to eat it or do it, do it in fulfillment of that joy that you get from that meat and potatoes and gravy. Okay. Do mm-hmm. it in that familiar without the guilt because the guilt will is just, there's no point in guilt. That's another small piece of this is like, really, there's no point in guilt. If I would wave my magic wand and be able to do, do anything, it would be just say, Hey, no more guilt on the planet. Just yeah. give that up. So no, that's good. Wow. Eat, eat or do or be what you want. And if you're going to make that choice and I do that on occasion, just thoroughly enjoy it. Yum. Mm-hmm. And then see what happens. Don't make yourself wrong about it. That's an interesting perspective. And that it, there's some freedom in there. And that it goes back to the control that you have. I, I am, I'm constantly empowering myself to make choices based on my highest truth, my highest good, my highest contribution in the world, my, the fulfillment of my human spirit. And sometimes I just love something that's like, you know, chocolatey and yummy. I just do. And I'm aware that I may not feel so good after that. And I have to choose. But mm-hmm. and, and a, a friend of mine who's 82 and she's now diabetic, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I know this, how good this would taste, but I know I don't want to feel that bad anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing in that moment mm-hmm. where she's recognizing that I don't want to feel bad anymore. Yeah. And so we're constantly in this choice, choosing to choose, as I put it. Greg, choosing to choose what we choose. I like that. And it's like, how am I going to choose? Even when I wake up in the morning, it's like, how am I going to choose to choose the kind of day I'm going to have? Yeah. You're intentional. Very intentional. Absolutely. And that's what I want everyone is to go, okay, this is what you say you want. And intentionally, if you're going to do something other than that, be intentional about it. And people Mm -hmm. go, well, that's stupid. Why would I be intentional about eating something that doesn't work? It's like, cause you're going to eat it anyway. And you're going to go, Oh, I couldn't help myself. Right. That's, that's a disempowering perspective, but you're empowering yourself to make that choice. Does that make sense? It does. That makes I, a lot of sense. My first book is called self-empowerment 101 and chapter Self- one. Yeah. Self-empowerment 101 chapter one is called power. It's a very, very sexy title power. And what I say is, Hey, we're energy, we're power. And we make empowering choices all the time. All our choices are empowered because we're empowering ourselves to choose. If you choose to choose a disempowered perspective, that's still an empowered choice. I'm choosing to see myself as a victim. I'm choosing to see myself as in poverty. I'm choosing to see myself as hurt and neglected. I'm choosing a place mm-hmm. from a place of power to take on a, di- a disempowering perspective. That's wow. me doing that. And, and when I can see myself do this, is this the intentional piece that you're talking to when I can intentionally go, I'm intentionally going to eat that. Okay. Or I'm intentionally not going to eat that. Okay. It just comes to that, but I'm, I'm sure. empowering myself 100%. I'm a hundred percent accountable. I'm 100% responsible for the consequences of my choices, as is every single individual on the planet. 
right. nobody is exempt. Nobody is exempt. Now, at, at the top of our discussion, you had talked about different things that you're, you're busy doing now. And I saw you light up when you said that. So kind of switching gears, tell us what are you working on? You know, you're really excited about these things. What's what's happening personally or, or business wise or otherwise? What are what are you up to? So first of all, my daughter's coming to visit tomorrow and she and, her, and my grandson, who's 12, ha they haven't been here for four years. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and so I've been making this place pretty and that's really exciting. I've got this wisteria tree outside that's just exquisite, like just out of the world, extraordinarily beautiful. Um, I took on a new um, thing to volunteer at our co-op. So okay. I go to the co-op once a week for three hours and I stock shelves. That's what I do. And it's great because it, it I'm stretching and strength and I, I did it because I wanted to do it. But these benefits of being around really cool people, being around really good quality foods, basically, um, mm -hmm. I have access to, to good, much more access to good quality food. Um, and I'm having to think in terms of using my mental things to figure out where something goes on the shelf and all those kinds of silly things. But <laughs> wow, they work me. And it's fun and and so that kind of connection i'm pretty reclusive and been living alone i live alone and so that kind of connection with people and a place is really wonderful so that's kind of lights me up uh, i'm doing a podcast called beyond food integrity thriving like a guru with my friend carol gravet who i knew as a child but then lost touch with for 55 years now we're doing this podcast called oh, beyond nice. food integrity thriving like a guru and then starting another podcast with my friend Elizabeth Sabet, who is, she is a, a transformational coach like me, but she, her, her experience is just, she is a master at what she's doing. So we're going to do a podcast starting in a couple of weeks called Cultivating Enlightened Living, Answering the Call. So that's kind of what we're talking okay. about here. So Cultivating wow, Enlightened you Living. you are busy. And I am, the last big thing I'm doing is that I know of <laughs> is um, I am doing um, the, the thing I've wanted to do for a long time, my heart's work, if you will, is to create this course called Mastering the Art of Transformational Coaching. So I've been training people to be coaches since 2020, 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000, way back then. So 23 mm -hmm. years I've been training people and this level of mastery I want to create a course. So I just did a webinar, which will be the, you know, the, the invitation in a sense for this course. So it's actually oh, wow. happening. So I just did the webinar recording and I love it. And it makes me happy like that. Mm -hmm. If you do mm -hmm. something and it makes you happy, that's all that matters. Like that's where I've gotten in my life. Like if I'm doing something and I'm not having fun and there's no value in it, mm -hmm. what's the point? I've been trying, I've been trying and put a lot of money towards making money and efforts hasn't worked. So it's like, I'm giving up all that stuff. I'm going to have fun doing what I do. If it makes money, great. But if not, what's the point? Because I'm not happy. I'm stressed or anxious. Are people going to sure. like it? How do I get followers? You know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, that's part of that 
yes, but what if people don't, what mm -hmm. if I don't make money? What if I, what if I, what if I, it's like, stop that. Yeah. You're going to have fun. So this conversation with Elizabeth about making, creating this, this podcast, it's like, it's going to be really fun just because we say so. And it's going to be really rich because that's who we are. Our fullest expression of our essential nature. That's who we are more and more and more. So that's, what's going to show up much like you and I today. It's like that. It's exciting. I mean, you're, 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 you are busy. My goodness. Wow. And, and I can see your face, you are lighting up and you're yeah. doing what you want to do. And that's amazing. That is so good to see. It, it doesn't sound like you're slowing down at any point. <laughs> so yeah. that's great. But I want to say, I'm, you know, if I were to say what I want to be doing, it would be somewhat different than what I am doing. In a, in a sense, I think that there's a point in life where it's like, okay, I really wanted a partner and I really wanted a family and I really wanted a house and I really wanted, those are the things I really wanted. And I, 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 I write a blog, a column for our local newspaper. And uh, this one came up was like, the more I don't have what I think I want, the happier I am without it. Mm -hmm. And so those wants have not gotten fulfilled but in the meantime, I've had to let go of my attachments to those things as the thing that's going to make me happy. And through that process of letting go, and this is where people go, yeah, but I don't want to let go of that. It's like, that's part of the, that's just part of being aware of that. The more I let it go, the more I'm at peace with this. And the more I'm listening and hearing the calling, oh, go work at the, at the co-op. It's like, wait, I'm Dr. Rosie Kuhn. I'm not, you know, who am I to work at a, like that, that ego-y thing, you know, I'm sure. beyond that. You know, it's like, all right, mm -hmm. people are going to think this about me. It's like, that's all junk. That's all that yes, but stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm called to go work three hours a week at the local for what? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, you know, I mean, in terms of in the bigger picture, I don't know. I'm just called to do it. And so I do it and I'm having a good time. So following, awesome. following your intuition just today, I don't, I, if I stop next week or this week, I, it, nothing, nothing matters. It's not like I'm, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I did that. Now I'm done. I'll know when I'm done. I always know when I'm done. We all, we always know when we're done. Right. Um, you knew when you were done with your old career, you knew when you were ready for what was next. We know we have this knowing always. We do. And I am just honored. And when people acknowledge their knowing, that's, that's the best. That's the best. Now, Rosie, tell, you talked about your books. You talked about the different courses. Tell our listeners, where can they find you online to support you to get some of this wealth of information and knowledge that you share with people? Where, where can we find you online? Um, you can always Google me, Rosie Kuhn, K-U-H-N. And what will show up is my website, which is theparadigmshifts.com. Okay. And uh, so that's my website and you'll find blogs there. You'll find videos, you'll find paintings that I've done. You'll find a lot of stuff. You'll find information in terms of if you want to coach with me, what are the next steps for that? Um, and, or if you want to train with me, you'll find the next steps for that. You can, mm -hmm. excuse me, email me at Rosie at the Paradigm Shifts. Um, that's a good way to um, get a hold of me. 
Uh, I have YouTube videos. I have probably close to 300 YouTube videos out there on all the things that we've been talking about, including becoming a transformational coach, including some elements of the boot camp and self-transformation. Lots and lots and lots and lots of YouTubes. Um, and uh, and then, like I said, on suivera.org, I'm starting. Uh, that's where I'll be doing my master course, Mastering the Art of Transformational Coaching course. Okay. But the, with, my with main Amber? website. Okay. Yeah, with Amber. That's how I got to know you. That's where we met. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but my main my main website is theparadigmshifts.com with an S. Theparadigmshifts.com. Man, yeah. this, this is, Rosie, this has been fulfilling for me just to sit and listen to you share not just your life story, but the purpose that you found within your own story and the, the the type of world you've created. And it's good for people to hear these things because it it's encouragement. It also shares, allows people to understand that, you know, take away the comma, then the but, and it's still okay. It may be scary, but you'll find that it's okay to do that because right. it gets you closer to your, your purpose and what you should be or, or, or could more find more fulfillment doing. Yeah. Where um, I think that, and I know that there's some main quotes out there in the world that um, about learning to know who you are, but through this process, and it's only these, yes, it's just like go of the yes, but just for, just for today, you know, that's a slogan of the 12 step program just for today or just for this moment, I'm going to put mm -hmm. that down. I'm going to put that mm -hmm. like, yes, I don't, it's just now is when we make the changes. Now is when we transform. Now is when we're having the experience of our true self. And um, we don't have to think any further than that because this is all that, this is all there is. You've heard that 462 times, thousand times. It's all right here now. Uh, but my point is, is that when you're in doing this work, you're cultivating a, a, an ability to be courageous and strong in a way that you have been diminishing your own self. That's mm -hmm. not correct, but you get what I'm saying is these are opportunities to, to know how strong you are and how courageous you are. You know, crossing the Atlantic ocean was, I was terrified and the, you know, the, in a sense, the reward, we don't know when the reward or the intrinsic reward is, wow, I, I have the evidence that I'm a pretty strong person. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And I'm pretty courageous. And it's like, it's kind of fun to know that. And it's not like, okay, what else? What a big adventure. It's like, no, universe is going to bring you all kinds of adventures, adventures. Just, just be ready in a sense, yeah. whatever that, whatever awesome. that means. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're, get yourself you're also, a coach. <laughs> get yourself, get yourself a, coach. a, a yeah. good one. Like you, Rosie, a good Excellent. one. <laughs> Good. Now you're you're also a, um, a a grow block owner. You have your own grow block, and you've been growing. Tell us real quickly about your experience. What's that been like? Well, uh, my first anniversary was yesterday. That I got my is that a block grow block the 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 light system and all the, the mm -hmm. structure is mm -hmm. that the grow block. So that was uh, my anniversary was one month yesterday. So uh, I. Uh, it's an experience of flourishing for me. When we're talking about thriving, is it, uh, there's a, an, a, you know, in some of these words, we don't know what they are until we can experience it. Like there's a flourishing, like, what does that mean? It's like, I walk into the room 
I live in a little trailer, travel trailer. It's 345 square feet, tiny. And yet I have room for that in my space and it doesn't take up anything more than what was there before. Um, but the lights, the, the greenery, the, the flourishing of those vegetables and things that are there, it lights me up and it makes me really happy. Um, I have three aquariums in here. I have three uh, ponds outside. So water and movement and nature is really important to me. And I never, ever thought I wanted to garden. I wanted something. I wanted to grow my own plants, but it just doesn't make sense for me outside to do that. And this was magic meeting you. This is a calling. This is a calling mm -hmm. for, for me to hear you with uh, Suivero with Amber and then go, that's a hell yes. And go, oh yeah, but what about, yeah, but there's the yeah, but what about the money? Where's the money going to come from? How are you going to do that? And then, and then, and right. And it's like, this is a hell yes. And I, I, and not only because this is a way of growing my own food, my relationship, seeing you with Amber lit me up. I wanted to know you. I wanted to connect with you. That's in Likewise, my heart, yeah. right? That's yeah. in my, I'm saying that like, I want to, you know, come visit you in Atlanta, that kind of thing. Or you can come, come like on. family, like family, you know, it's like, it's, it's ex excellent. It's more than just, oh, I can grow my own food. It's an experience that um, is fulfilling me. It's like bringing tears. It's fulfillment in so many ways. And, um, and, and I get to play with, you know, picking and, you know, things are, it's not like the full jungle yet, but it's closer and seeing things grow. It just mm -hmm. makes my heart sing. So that that's awesome. my experience. And that's just been one month. Well, you Truly. just wait, Rosie. You just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love and, when and, you say that. And and the beautiful thing, you, you, you mentioned it, you know, we're establishing a community. That's something that's near and dear to my heart. And you're, you're, we're family. You, and yes. I don't use that word lightly because it, it takes on certain roots that's very important. And that's, that's, that's the connection of the human being that a lot of times we miss. And I'm excited just because this is a, a bridge or a platform that we're using now to do that, to connect yes. to people. And that's my fulfillment, knowing you, you know, knowing Amber and knowing others, and we're just going to continue to build this community. Yeah. It's, I mean, it grows much like when you give it the nutrients, the newts, the ferts, mm -hmm. it grows, it grows, it just grows because that's what it does. When we constrict the growing, that's, it'll constrict the growing. But when we give it everything it needs, just in the human spirit, it grows. That's right. And, and I, that's and exactly I right. know that's part of your mission and vision. And it's part of my vision and mission is to support and empower people to grow and expand their fullest capacity mm -hmm. and, and, um, play. This is, this is beautiful. Oh, so, good. Well, we're coming, you. Rosie. We are Yay. coming to Washington state. <laughs> <laughs> Getting on and, the ferries and coming over. Yes. I hope so. Oh my goodness. In my years of travel, you know, I've, I've been to Washington plenty of times, but I, you know, I, it's, it's beautiful country. I, I love the North, the Pacific Northwest. It's just amazing. So 
uh, get ready for us. After your daughter leaves, we're coming. <laughs> it's ready. I have a I have a yurt that is, you know, we wow. people go, oh, a yurt, you know, it's like a tent or whatever. It is so beautiful. I walk in there, it's like a, a cathedral kind of experience. It's not that woo-woo spiritually thing, but it's just, so I love inviting people to go, yeah, you got, you just, just wait, Greg, just wait. Okay. Okay. You're saying it. You're welcome when you're, you're welcome anytime. So. Well, Rosie, I, I really appreciate you uh, joining us today and spending time to share uh, with us on our podcast and uh, folks, thanks for listening. And again, if you haven't done so, we're going to make sure we promote all the places that you can find Rosie online and your, your course in particular, the inward bound boot camp for, for self, self transformation, transformation. Yeah. We're going to promote that and we're going to certainly put out the places that we can uh, find you online. So it's been a pleasure. It has truly been a pleasure. Right back at you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will uh, be in touch. And folks, again, Pete, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast so you can hear conversations like this. They're, They're meaningful. They're impactful. And hopefully our goal is that you can take something from it and share it with others to better your life and the lives of the people that are in your world. So um, enjoy the weekend, everyone. And Rosie, I will be in touch with you very, very soon. All right. Thanks, Greg. Big hugs to you. Same to you as well.